Hi, my name is Ronnie, and I'll be reading Matthew 11, 29-30. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Psalm 62, 5-6. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. Psalm 4, 8. In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Jeremiah 6, 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk into it, and you will find rest in your souls. Jeremiah 6, 16. For Isaiah 26 and 3. You will keep in a perfect peace there where my mind in a short vice because the truth in you. Verse 4, 9 through 10. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their work, just as God did from his. Psalms 62, 1. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. It's so beautiful to hear the word of God spoken by his people and even to see some of our people on the screen that maybe haven't seen for a while. And I just, uh, like Matt had said, like where we have been in this whole series in the book of Hebrews, and as we've been going through it, it's been, it's been awesome. It's been amazing. And it's been, this part of it's been called a better hope. And I've just had, though, on my heart, probably for almost a year now, just thinking about this concept of, of rest and resting in the Lord. And we're in this, we're still in this whole stressful season of quarantine and COVID-19, all of that. And the, the ways that that kind of brings stress, I think, in our lives and as we look towards how much longer is this going to be and that can kind of even build some more anxiety in us. And... And even just tiredness, being weary of all of this. I think that there's a lot of this sort of like, you know, people have talked about quarantine fatigue and, and all of that where we feel tired and we don't sort of know why. Why do I feel so tired? And thinking about that and this need of, of me wanting to help build resiliency in us as people that as we are heading through more and more of this this season? How can we build up in us more of an ability to be able to be strong in it? And where do we then find our strength? Where do we find our hope or our ability to sustain and continue? And we recognize that our hope is only found in God. Our strength is found in God alone. And as we look to him and trust in him, and I was also really wanting to help us to retain some of the, the good lessons maybe that we've learned in the midst of the quarantine, especially kind of early on when 
you know, when we're, we've been, we're living back in January, February, March, like we're living at this breakneck speed, just fast-paced, hurried life. And then all of a sudden, everything was stopped. And for many of us, that was really needed. That was necessary. It's, none of this is good. I'm not saying any of this is good for us to be in you know, having all of this happen to our world. But what I hope for is that we can retain some of what we have learned that is good in the midst of it. And so I want us to be able to retain some of that. And so I've even been leading a, a life group just going through thinking about Sabbath uh, for the last couple months. And I've been doing some reading on this. And I just feel like God has really been putting this on my heart. And as I looked at the next passage in Hebrews we were looking at, it was feeling like it was kind of repeating this last week of just an, the out with the old covenant, in with the new covenant. And I'm thinking, okay, God, I believe that this is a moment where we can dig into this topic of Sabbath and it's really important for us. Sabbath is on God's top 10 list. Ten Commandments. I mean, it's right in there. It's amongst some of these heavy hitter commandments that he has for us. And it's so core, but almost nobody really intentionally does it anymore, I feel like. And so I want us to get back uh, a little bit of what we can have from that. Plus, what I just want so badly for you, for all of us, is to have a sense of intimacy with Jesus. For you to have, we say it's a relationship with Christ, but we need to have a, a renewed sense of intimacy with our God. To know God, not just know about him, but to really know him. And I think us saying there are times to stop. There are times to rest and to rest in him. And that allows us to have more of an intimate relationship with Jesus. So today it's about practicing the Sabbath. And I do, I want to give some biblical background and then I want to get into some just like practical details. Okay, so what do we do? So let's briefly go through just what is the Sabbath. Okay, we start with what is the Sabbath back in Genesis 1 and 2. Genesis 2, God has just created the heavens and the earth. It's all completed and all their hosts. And by the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God created and made. And so we have this example from God himself where he created the whole world and the universe in six days. The seventh day he rests. We have to ask, does God need to rest? the all-powerful creator God of all the universe. No, he doesn't need to rest, but he rests intentionally as an example, I think, for us. And then he says he sanctifies this day. He makes it special. And then we see him begin to command the people of Israel. After the people of Israel, they're wandering in the desert. The law is given to them, and he gives them then the Ten Commandments. All right, so God's top ten list of all the things that he would have us do or not do, how we should live this life, God's best for us. And the fourth commandment is this whole thing of Sabbath. I want to say here first, before we even read more about Sabbath, the word Sabbath means to cease, to stop. That's really what it means. The word just means stop. 
cease working, just stop working, and then we're able to rest as we stop. And so here's the commandment in Exodus 20, and it starts with this word, remember, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy." All right, so what God does here in this fourth commandment that he has is he starts with, back here, he starts with remember. That's the command. Remember it, and then you get into this rationale of why. Why? Because God rested. God worked for six days, and then God rested. So that's why we should rest, and he made this day holy. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the Ten Commandments are listed in two different spots. God lists them again. And in Deuteronomy 5, we've got this second time that the the Ten Commandments come. And it's the same commandments, but the one about Sabbath has a couple interesting and unique details that are different than the one in Exodus. So here it is. Remember that it said, remember the Sabbath day in Exodus. Here it says, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you'll labor, do all your work. Seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. You or your son, your daughter, your male servant, female servant, ox, donkey, any of your cattle or your sojourner, the stranger in your land uh, who stays with you so that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. And then it says this. This is the rationale. So remember the first one in Exodus, it said, why should we remember? We remember the Sabbath because God did it. This one, it says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So these are the commandments. This is where it is. It says, remember in Exodus. Remember because God rested. We remember that day because God did it. And then in Deuteronomy, we see it says, observe the Sabbath day. Why? Because you were a slave and God freed you by his mighty hand. So we observe the Sabbath day because we are no longer slaves. Slaves work every day. God says, you are not a slave. You have been made free. So remember your freedom and observe your freedom and take that Rest. So Sabbath is that, to cease. And so you have this whole Old Testament command that then you see this building upon that in the Jewish law, in the, the, the rabbinical law, the rabbis, these teachers that would come would kind of create more systems. So if it says this, like, what are all the practical things we have to do? And so there were things like, you can't build a fire on the Sabbath. You can't do these certain forms of work on the Sabbath. So then you see then into more modern culture and today, and you see how the Jewish people are still following that, but it's gotten to be where there's more and more laws and more and more laws, more and more rules. And then it starts to get really legalistic and kind of burdensome. This thing that was freeing becomes burdensome. Now, 
in the, the Jewish faith, which is what our faith is as it began, you have Sabbath would start on Friday night, Friday at dusk, essentially, and then go all the way till Saturday evening at dusk. And so things that you would have to do would be like you would light the Shabbat candles. Shabbat simply is Sabbath in Hebrew. You would light these candles and you would light them before it gets dark so that then they can stay. You're not doing any work then once it's dark. And they stay and they light your home for the rest of the evening as they burn down. And then as they burn down, then you would just go to sleep and rest in that. And so because you're not supposed to build a fire on the Sabbath. So you see though, it kind of carries on to get even more uh, legalistic. Like if you go to Israel today, you would go on Shabbat, you would go to go on an elevator, for example, and the elevator, uh, you don't push any buttons, and the elevator just goes up every single floor, and the door opens at every single floor on the way up, every single floor on the way down, because pushing a button would be starting a fire. It's funny, I actually did like pushing a button like this now because I never touch anything with my fingers because of COVID. I like use a knuckle or an elbow or something. But uh, we push a button and you push that button, that's starting a fire as that light uh, emerges. So you're not supposed to. So you can see how in some ways it's kind of like a little bit of losing the plot, losing the point of what it's about. And so what I want for us to be able to understand is what is the point? And first of all, it's that Sabbath is a gift. It's not a restriction. It's not about taking something away of you, from you when it comes to working on this day. It's a gift to you. It's a beautiful gift. And it's interesting to see the way that Jesus interacted with the Sabbath. I kind of call Jesus sort of like the Sabbath rebel, but he's really just the Sabbath legalism rebel. And that him and his disciples were walking along on the Sabbath day and they're picking up um, heads of grain and eating them because they just, they needed food. And the Pharisees complained about that. And Jesus says in Mark 2, he says to the Pharisees, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man, speaking of himself, is Lord even of the Sabbath. Because that's what Jesus wanted us to understand is the, the spirit of the law, right, is like the point of the law is that the Sabbath was made for you. The Sabbath was a gift for you. Not for you to be a gift to the Sabbath. Not for you to serve this day for the day's sake. No, it's given to you as a gift. So I want us to remember that. That's how Jesus spoke of the Sabbath. And then even in Colossians 2, we see Paul writing after talking about how Jesus has paid our debt. Jesus' work on the cross and his resurrection has paid our debt of, of our sin. And then Paul says, Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day, things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. And so he's saying, look, when it comes to the food you eat and all the laws about food, when it comes to festivals like the Jewish feasts, Passover, the Feast of Booths, Yom Kippur, even all of that, or even the Sabbath day, he's like, all of that doesn't matter as much. You're not bound by that because all of that is pointing you to Jesus. That's the point is for us to see that Jesus has accomplished all of that work. So we're not under that in a law sense. But what I want us to get is that it's there still as God's way for us. So when we practice Sabbath, it's a beautiful choice to follow what's God's best 
for us. And that, again, remembering it's a gift for you. It's not just a law or a restriction for you. Sabbath is great. Sabbath is even taking delight in the Lord. It should be about us being able to enjoy God. You heard this verse in the video, Isaiah 58, but it's incredible. It says, if you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and doing as you please or speaking idle words, So all that stuff, all that stuff is how you can think about Sabbath. Don't just go your own way. It's about going God's way, not your own way. He says, then you'll find joy in the Lord. And I'll cause you with these kind of like this awesome, like victory language. I'll cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Kind of underlines it with that. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. That Sabbath is to be joyful for us. Sabbath is to be delightful. So this day of rest should be a day that you would enjoy. And finally here, before we get into the practical, Sabbath is resting in God. Sabbath is to help you just be able to find rest. This is one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, where Jesus says, come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I think feeling weary, feeling burdened, heavy laden with burden, I think that is a universal feeling right now. We feel tired. We feel burdened. There's a lot going on in our world, and we don't know when it will end. And Jesus says, come to me. If that's how you feel, come to me, and I will give you rest. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Yoke is that big thing going around the neck of an oxen that's pulling a plow and farming, a, uh, like in, in plowing a field in a farm. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we think of a yoke, we don't really think of yokes very often, but a yoke is that thing around that neck of an oxen. But the way a yoke would even be referred to in these first century times when Jesus spoke these words was it would be referred to as the interpretation of a rabbi. So there's, rab- there's all these different rabbis, Jewish rabbis, that are teaching the law and trying to help people understand the law. And they each have their own interpretation, especially of the Sabbath of like, well, here's how we're supposed to live out this Sabbath law. And they refer to their interpretation of the law as their yoke. And so you would take on the yoke of that rabbi that you would follow. And so everyone else has their different interpretations. And Jesus says, Take my yoke, take my interpretation upon you because my yoke is easy and my burden is light, Jesus says. That this interpretation for you to understand my law helps you understand that I have fulfilled the law, Jesus says. I've paid the price for sin. I've come to help give you freedom again from the bondage of sin that you've been under. Just like I freed you from your bondage of slavery in Egypt. And so he says, take mine upon you and you'll find rest. 
that Jesus' interpretation here of the law is not one that's adding more burden to you, but he's helping to take that and help you see that he has taken it upon himself. So, what do we actually do on the Sabbath? If all that's true and all that's great, we've got these commands and it's for our good, it's for our rest, what do we actually do? So I want us to go back and remember the things that the commandment said. Remember the first one, remember. The second one, observe. We remember because God rested. We remember. We observe the Sabbath because we are no longer slaves. So let's remember. We remember, first of all, some things to remember about the Sabbath. And we have to be proactive to remember things. We have to be actively remembering, not just sort of passive about the Sabbath. So we remember, one, that God is in control and God will finish our work. God will finish the work. That we trust in God, not in ourselves. The Sabbath is to help us remind us of that. A day of stopping, a day of ceasing. We remember that. And so we remember that our worth is not in our work. That our identity and our value is not found in the things we produce for this world. That our identity and our value is found in us being a child of God. A child of the King of Kings and therefore a prince or princess of that King. And that our inheritance is found in Him. And so we remind ourselves, we remember who we are in God, not in what we do. And so to remember, also we should prepare. We should prepare ahead of time. So something you can do to think about practicing the Sabbath is to prepare yourself to actually live out a Sabbath day. So again, let's go back to the day. Like we said in the Jewish understanding of days and the first day of the week for them was Sunday. And so they would end the week on Friday evening to Saturday evening of practicing the Sabbath. Now, I honestly, I don't think God cares like what day you do. We, we saw in uh, just what happens as kind of Christianity begins to take more sort of control over the world uh, in the days after Constantine. We see that uh, that all changes from worshiping on Saturday to worshiping on Sunday. And the Lord's Day is Sunday, remembering the resurrection of Jesus, which is, which is good and fine. And, and uh, so in all of that, uh, Sabbath day became Sunday for Christians. And then like there became many, I think, even denominations or certain traditions that would be a little bit more serious about the Sabbath and even more legalistic about the Sabbath and some that aren't. And that's part of even though why we see in our culture, like a lot of stores used to all be closed on Sunday or different, they would never have sports on Sunday or you just, all those sorts of things where then it's kind of creeped into where Sunday is becoming more of a regular day. But we still see that Sunday is more of a day of rest than maybe any other day. It's just celebrated by brunching instead of by worshiping. And that's <laughs> what's happened in our culture. And so what we need to do though is to say, okay, how can we prepare ourselves? So let's pick a day that will practice Sabbath. If you want to go, you know, Saturday, go for it. If you want to go Sunday, go for it. If you want to go Monday, whatever, like, but just pick a day that is realistic for you. If you're, a, you know, in the medical field or in something like that where you don't get to always have Sunday off, then, yeah, you got to pick a different day. Um, so, like, I've been even just trying to be sort of realistic about this in my life. I'd rather choose something that I'll actually do then try and be so extreme about it and then never actually be able to do it. So even in this season, I've been trying to say, hey, all right, 
I'm going to walk out of this room here doing this live stream probably around 11 o'clock. I'm going to drive home and between now 11 o'clock a.m. and about 6 o'clock p.m. when I'm going to drive back here uh, to come do our in-person evening service, which I'd love for you to come to. Come on. Come on down. Uh, but like in that in-between time, that's when I'm going to practice Sabbath. So I'm establishing that as this time is sacred. This time is when I'll do that. So I try to prepare myself for that. So I encourage you to prepare yourself for that. Don't have work to do on Sabbath. Stop working. Don't, don't be working. Schedule household chores and yard work for a different day. I would try to avoid events and avoid, <coughs> excuse me, avoid burdensome activities as much as possible when scheduling your week. But think about not scheduling certain things during that time of Sabbath. Uh, so schedule and set a time of day that you're going to remember. Remember. So the second thing, observe. What are some things that we can do to observe that Sabbath day? Biggest thing, don't work. Stop. Okay, it means stop. So stop. Cease your striving. Cease your work on that day. So whatever your work is, don't do it. Don't be checking your emails on Sabbath day. Put the devices away, phones, tablets, computers, put them away as much as possible on the Sabbath day. Because after we've been able to stop, that's when we can actually rest. Don't, yeah, don't work. Don't do schoolwork. Kids in the room are getting excited. You know, whoa, don't do schoolwork. Yeah, don't do, because kids, your work is your school. So that means preparing, doing it ahead, planning the time to be able to do that ahead or afterwards to be able to get your work done in that way. So set that time to stop. Don't consume. We get don't produce, right? Don't work, don't produce. Stop from working. So stop producing things. But I would say also, just stop consuming. We live in this consumer culture. Our society just is like always taking in. And so try and not take in even advertisements or shopping. Just don't go on Amazon. Don't go shopping at other places. Try to not be a consumer on this day as well. God had the people of Israel not gathering manna, the bread that he gave them, just free bread on the ground that you could go gather. God said, don't go gather. Don't go shopping and gathering that on that day, but do it the day before. So be intentional and prepare yourself for that. So I encourage you to to even as you disconnect from other things, use that as an opportunity to reconnect with friends and with family. It's not just some big 12-hour or day-long, 24-hour quiet time. It's not what it needs to be, but it is being still. It is stopping. It's being with your friends and being with your family. But don't plan some big event about it. Just be chill together and just enjoy the company of one another. Take a walk outside. Take a hike. Um, take a nap, play games together, whatever that is. Like you have permission to just stop and rest in the Lord. And I'd even encourage you to, to then spend some time with the Lord, that more intimate 
time with him. And so to consider what that looks like for you. And for me, even on Sabbath afternoons, I'll go outside and just lay down and put headphones on and either listen to worship music uh, for me for a long time, or I've been listening to some, uh, like an app called Dwell, where just listening to the word of God read over you, or a a more of a guided prayer meditation app that's called Abide, and just being guided in prayer to the Lord and meditating on his word. And so I just encourage you to have some ways that you're resting in him and kind of rekindling that intimacy that you have with the Lord on your Sabbath day. But all this is going to take some intentionality to be still. It's crazy how much, how difficult it is for us to stop. And it is. So prepare for it. So I want you to just even consider what keeps you from practicing Sabbath. I think there's a few things. And kind of identify where you are with this and then have it help you to be able to actually do it. And kind of where you're at almost like psychologically with this. So part of it is like you just haven't thought of it, but now you're thinking of it. So be intentional about it. That could be something that's kept you. One is that maybe you value making sure the work gets done and done by you and you don't like asking people for help. Maybe for you, that's what it is. Maybe you don't like asking people for help or not doing the work yourself because you're prideful that only you can do the work. You think that only you can do it right. Maybe you squeeze all sorts of other projects into the margins in your life because you want to do more than what's just absolutely essential. And Sabbath becomes one of those margins that you're just cramming more and more stuff into. Maybe self-reflection and thinking about your own thoughts freaks you out. (laughs) and You don't like the idea of of self-reflection and so you're trying to protect yourself and you know that being still is going to bring those thoughts into your mind. Maybe you value doing what you want when you want, including working on a planned day of rest. I don't know what it is for you, but whatever's keeping you from Sabbath whether it's something prideful or whether it's just something that you haven't been preparing, I want to encourage you to take the time for Sabbath rest. And I believe that in that you'll find rest for your weary soul. Because if you can't observe Sabbath, you might as well go back to Egypt because you're still a slave. So I encourage you to be free to take the freedom that Christ has given you, that he paid the ultimate price for, and be free from all of that. So in response this week, here's what you can do. You can choose, just choose a day. Be intentional. Choose a day that you will practice Sabbath this week and make a plan for what you'll do and then do it. That's it. Just do it. And rest in the Lord and find peace for your weary souls. So that's my prayer for you, to get practical about the Sabbath. And let's practice the Sabbath together and be a people who are able to build up our resiliency in the midst of difficult times because we recognize that God is the one that finishes the work, not us. Let me pray as we continue to worship and worship Jesus in in song, recognizing that we, we place our trust in him. So as we sing, let's place our trust in Jesus and not ourselves. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord God, we come before you as people that have maybe taken this 
commandment of yours and ignored it for most of our lives. Or we've thought of just going to church and going to church alone as our Sabbath or we've not really wanted to stop, God. And so I pray, Lord, that you would help each one of us as we look to you, Lord, and we just stop our work and we stop all of the the hustle and the rush of our life, God. And I pray that we would find peace in your interpretation, Jesus, in your yoke. And may you take our burdens away and take all the things that weigh, weigh us down, Lord, and give us peace in you. May the Sabbath become a gift renewed for us in our lives. We trust in you, Lord Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.